Well, Paul, my friend, we've made it to the fourth Sunday of Advent, which is also Christmas Eve, uh, just to really confuse things. Uh, so we've got two lectionary readings. Uh, you may have two services in the morning and in the evening. Yep. Um, heaven knows what's going on out there. Um, it's it's not a good schedule for Christmas, I don't reckon. No, it isn't. I agree. And that's why I think we should deal with the text uh, for um, Advent 4 and the text for Christmas Eve. So Luke 1, 26 to 38, and then um, the famous Christmas reading uh, from Luke 2, uh, uh, 1 and onwards with the shepherds. So should we start with one? I'm happy to do that, um, which angel... is, of course, the story of the Annunciation. Indeed, um, yes. Mary's visitation from the angel Gabriel. Um, what struck me when I read this, uh, to quote Marcus Borg, reading it again for the first time, yes. um, what struck me was we're early in the gospel, we're in chapter 1 of Luke, therefore we should expect some very careful construction going on, which there is. Yep. Um, you know, there's the announcement to... Um, Zechariah and Elizabeth of their child um, and then suddenly there's another annunciation and it's to Mary and her child um, what I what I found was echoes of John the Baptist in the other gospels mm -hmm. where you get John the Baptist preaching but saying there's one much greater than me coming watch out for him um, and although it's different characters in a different setting I find an echo of that here in Luke's gospel. Uh, you've got a very special annunciation story. Uh, this is going to be John the Baptist. But put all that aside because there's one that's coming even greater. Um, in fact, he's going to be the son of God. Yeah, and uh, that's Luke's way of, in a sense, dealing with John the Baptist, that they, all the Gospels have to deal with a really significant political, uh, cultural and, and, and religious figure uh, so, yeah, I think you're right. That echo is, and there's, of course, there's the echo later in uh, Zachariah's um, hymn, if you like, and then Mary's hymn. Um, and they're all incredibly um, politically charged. But just the whole idea that an angel would come uh, to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, uh, it's almost as if it's being layered, you know, like um, an angel's, the idea that an angel would turn up, as they will in the a second chapter um, would not been, I would have thought, uh, totally amazing in the first century. It would have been rare, but it was possible that God could break into the world or the gods um, with uh, divine messengers with a divine message. But the idea that that one would come to a lowly one, uh, as she calls herself, um, like Mary, in a town called Nazareth, in a region called Galilee, you know, in a far distant province of the centre of the world, all of that, I think, is layered down into how on earth is this happening here and now? And then in the second chapter, how the hell does it happen to shepherds? Yes, absolutely. And and in fact, to add to the picture that you're creating there, that kind of zooming in on history, getting closer and closer, more and more specific until you're with a young girl in a Middle Eastern village, um, but something that I read said that angels were sometimes, quite often, even bearers of bad news. So not only is this an angel turning up, which must be a bit like a policeman knocking at your door, uh, yeah. you think, uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, but the first thing the angel says is, I've got good news. Yes. Um, yeah. And Mary's thinking, well, uh, why would you turn up to me? 
in the first place and turn up to me with good news. Yes, and, and she's not sure it's good news because the angel tells her, do not be afraid, which he also That's tells the shepherds because you would be afraid, wouldn't you? Um, I mean, if, if Joe Biden was to ring you and try and get through to talk to you, your first quest thought wouldn't be, oh, how wonderful, the President of the United States is ringing me. The first thought would be, how the hell does he know I exist? And what does he want? What You know, what's going wrong here? You know, it's that it must be that yes. kind of a feeling. And, and you might expect the angel to be saying many things. Um, you know, your child's going to be special, which is what's been said to Elizabeth. But the angel says he will reign and of his kingdom there will be no end. Yeah. This is a much greater promise. Uh, this is an eternal promise. Um, this is lifted above uh, the, thrum, the thrum and thrust of politics of the day to say this is a spiritual kingdom of a completely different order, Mary. I agree. And I think that's why it links so well with the second passage, the Christmas Eve passage, because I read the whole thing as a kind of uh, as political theatre uh, because of the contrast all the way through it that goes right back to this story with Mary. Uh, because remember, they, they all the world is gathered to be taxed or to be registered, whichever one of those is true. Um, and at the same time, the angel has a decree uh, to the shepherds, and it's for all people. So there's a, a kind of a, a junction there. Uh, and then the empire announces Evangelion good news, which is for the empire. Everybody's going to be registered. It's all about taxation. That is good news for the empire. It's about saving the empire. But then the angel announces good news of a saviour who will lift up the lowly for all people. It's a different kind of empire, as you're saying. And Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem because they're forced to. That's the way uh, empires work. Everybody is moved around like a pawn wherever it suits those in power. The, the angels' decree to the shepherds inspires them of their own accord. Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing. It's, you know, juxtaposing the difference between empire and this new world, this new empire. Uh, I think yeah. it, it, follow, it keeps going on. I think there's so many things that that show this as a piece of really glorious political theatre that demonstrates that this empire that is coming, which will have no end, and of course the Roman Empire was seen as the empire that had no end because it dominated the entire known world. Yeah. And, and, and I love uh, the, the announcement to the shepherds. Of course, the shepherds, they're the people who miss what's going on in the life of the village because they're out in the fields. They're even out yeah. there at night time. So if anything happens, the shepherds, uh, they're the poor sods who miss out on it because they're always they're always at work. Yeah. You know, they're like uh, night shift workers. Yeah. But I love what Kenneth Bailey says. And Bailey says, although it's not in the text, that when the angel says, if you go to Bethlehem, you'll find a child wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, he says the first response of the shepherds would have been to look at each other and say, well, that's just like one of our babies. That's that's <laughs> a shepherd's baby. Um, yeah. We better go and have a look at this. So, you know, there's this incredible announcement um, of the one who brings peace on earth, but he's born just like one of us. Yeah. Um, it's a very specific shepherd's manifestation, Bailey says, and that's what propels him to say, well, we better go and have a look at this. Yeah. yeah, isn't that wonderful? That, it, it's what you were saying. It, it's the coming down to something very 
uh, ordinary and specific. The young woman in a Galilean village with a pregnancy, uh, the shepherds. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think there's something uh, trying to juxtapose the, the despotic nature of the empire with the calling everyone together, forcing them to go to their own hometown. You know, the the um, the historical veracity of this is not the point. The point is the story that it's telling about the world. Uh, it's juxtaposing that with the glorious liberation that Jesus talks about in his first uh, outing into the synagogue in Luke 4. Um, it begins not with the violent peace of Rome, but the peace or the shalom of God that belong yeah. is beyond anything we can imagine, as Paul, I think, says somewhere. That it's not um that it's not birthed in the lie that a man can be God, which is the story of the empire, but it's the truth that the divine can be and is in the mind, soul, heart, psyche of everyone. Uh, because it is in the body of an ordinary individual human beings. Therefore, it is in all human beings, as Paul began to understand. Uh, so the baby yeah. lying in the manger is, is this extraordinary sign uh, of the divine in the world, extraordinary sign of the new world coming, the alternative empire, um, which is good news. Absolutely. Of, of great and, joy and for and all every people. time I read of yeah, every time I read of the stable and the manger and all the rest of it, I, I can feel the grit on my teeth. Um, you know, it's such a down-to-earth story. You know, it would yeah. be untidy. It would be messy. Um, yeah. You know, there'd be animals crap lying around. Um, and this is where it happens. Um, I refer here, Paul, to the resources that have been on this very same Facebook page from the Palestinian Council of Churches, the Kairos document, yeah. um, and the fact that Christians in the West Bank and Gaza, including in Bethlehem, where Christmas this year is all but cancelled uh, in solidarity with their fellow Christians in the Gaza Strip, they draw greatly upon the context of Mary. Uh, and I quote, Mary's context is no different than that of Palestinians in the 21st century. The Roman Empire occupied and persecuted Palestinian Jews, Mary's people. The empire mobilised its rhetoric to justify its exploitation and mass slaughtering of Palestinian Jews. Mary and Joseph were once forcibly displaced and had to run away from Herod's genocide. As you point out, the census was by order of an occupying power. Um, this is not a pleasant world that the baby Jesus comes into, and it still isn't today. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's right. And I think the one of the other great bits about the shepherd story is the fact that they go to Bethlehem and there he is. They, uh, If this is um, the Messiah, the Lord, as they've been told by the angel, then how, are they, how is it that they can just turn up and have unmediated access? They can be right yeah. there amongst it. This is supposed to be for the rich and the powerful to have access to, uh, as it is in Matthew, it's the the what we presume fairly wealthy uh wise persons who go and see herod they've got immediate access there here the shepherds have immediate access to this person who the angel has said is savior messiah and lord that uh turns the world upside down doesn't it as yes luke will say and later to finish, in that. and to finish don't miss the byline dear mary obedient mary who says in the text let it be, be to me according to your will. At the end of the Luke 2 reading, Mary ponders all these things in her heart. It's almost mm -hmm. like they're too wondrous for her to fully 
acknowledge and um, understand she just holds them dear in her heart. Um, mm. And that is what I think we must do with this Christmas hope, my friend. Yeah, I think that's a good way to finish, mate. Yeah, well, I, I hope you have time and space to do that this Christmas. Let's end it there.